Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. We are talking about marriage today, and um, but I just, this morning I woke up and I was like, yo, I, I feel like, you know, I, I always want to make sure that we are balanced. And so I want to have a spiritual climate. Right. Man, because here's the thing. It, it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. Yeah. It is not content. Yeah. And so if, if as we work hard to prepare um, our content, listen, we want to teach and train and, and see God, people walk in wisdom. We want to rightly divide the word of God. But there is a moment when, like you, you just need him. Like you just need a moment to give up, to let the pride go, to let the pain go. And, and, and sometimes, if we're going to be honest, how many of us, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of us already know most of the time what we need to do? Sometimes it's just the boldness to have a moment with God so that we can do it. You know what I'm saying? And so, anyway, uh, man, thank y'all for coming. Uh, I hope one day it does really do, does really get warm outside. Uh, it's kind of been messing with us. Like, two weeks ago, I was like, break it out, shorts, going swimming. And then uh, this weekend, it was cold. I bust out the turtleneck. So, um, so uh, uh, maybe you have more faith than I do. Uh, go ahead and wear shorts every day. Let's see what happens. Um, but we're excited that you're here. And, and even though, again, we are talking about marriage, um, we believe that it is important to talk about marriage in the midst of a church. Listen, we wanted to have a multicultural, multi-generational church. Well, if we're going to do that, we've got to talk about things because our world is talking about marriage. Our world is talking about intimacy. Our world is talking about these things. And so if the church feels weird about that, then we're letting the world control the narrative of the kingdom. And and we want to see marriages thrive. We want to see you win. And so we believe that it's going to be applicable to you no matter what season of life that you're in. Are you ready? Right. You ready? Yeah. Let's go. Basically, Let's we want to talk. We're doing this together. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm, we I'm good. actually love talking about marriage. And because we're both really passionate about it, we believe that we are a byproduct of the fact that anybody can have a marriage that's thriving if you apply God's viewpoints. And um, it's not just for the special, it's for everyone who wants to know how God wants you to do it. Mm -hmm. You can do it that way and you can win. And so how we do marriage is super important. You know, it doesn't matter if you've been married for days, weeks, years, decades. The thing is, is you cannot stop growing or your marriage will die. Just like anything else that we put our time and energy towards, when we put that towards it to learn and grow, then our marriage will learn and grow and thrive. And so remember, we made a vow to, we did the old-fashioned vows. We didn't write them to each other or do the creative verbiage. Girl. So, <laughs> we, we can do that now. Girl. <laughs> when I saw you. <laughs> and I, I was in the church sound booth. <laughs> and you were with your mom. 
Oh, that is too funny. Okay, so basically we vowed to be there for each other in sickness and in health, in rich or poor. Okay, so that can be tricky when you're having to do that all day, every day, forever. Okay, forever. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the crazy details. It's like the forever part. You know what I mean? Um, th there was a story of a, a man who was celebrating a 100-year birthday. And everyone in the party complimented him uh, because he was just in great physical condition. Uh, he was in great health. He looked great. And so they were like, yo, what's the secret of, man, you looking so good at 100 and he said, gentlemen, uh, I'm going to tell you the secret of my success. Uh, every day for the last 75 years, I have walked. I've walked every day for 75 years. And they're like blown away. They're like, yo, I mean, how do you, how did you have that much consistency? Like every, you're every day for 75 years? He said, well, uh, me and my wife uh, got married 75 years ago. And on our wedding night, we vowed that um, if we ever had a fight, whoever uh, lost the fight would have to go out and walk. <laughs> uh, listen, can I just say that marriage is not a walk in the park? Uh, it is not. There are days that it gets challenging. And there are days that it takes a lot of uh, commitment. And it takes a lot of care. Marriage consistently needs work in order for it to grow. It doesn't grow just because you had a great moment. It grows because you have continual moments. Right. Come on. Yeah. And so for us to unpack this today, we really feel like a thriving marriage needs two key components. Yeah. It needs understanding and flexibility. Understanding and flexibility. Okay, so understanding is understanding yourself. Listen, when we got, when we got married... I thought I knew myself, but I did not. Come on, listen. I did not know even myself. And so here's the thing, and not to mention my personality, her personality, uh, the small things that irk us, the thing, you know, my, like there's a lot of understanding that marriage requires. And also flexibility because things will change, seasons change. We, we changed. And so it's important for us not to just become one, but to stay one. And that's our assignment today is staying one. And so the scripture verse that we went over last week is what we're going to continue through this series. Matthew 19, 4 through 6 says, haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife Good. and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Good. And so we are talking about four viewpoints for how we do marriage. So last week we covered we accept God's structure and we stay in sync. And this week we're covering we see our mate as significant. Next week we'll cover we keep our marriage safe and secure. And so we see our mate as significant. That is the no longer two but one. Okay? So, so again, uh, last week we covered the last two and we're going to unpack this one today but if we're going to do that we're going to have to have understanding and flexibility understanding and flexibility and, and, and to talk about that you won't have understanding unless you're teachable and you can't develop flexibility unless you trust and so a lack of flexibility is really a lack of trust 
a lack of understanding is really sometimes goes to our teachability more than anything. Am I willing to unlearn something I think I already know? That's teachability. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and some days we've mastered it, and sometimes we've messed it all up. Oh, okay, so on. it's every day Ooh. has to be a new commitment to have understanding and flexibility. And so, um, to un let's see, I'm sorry. One of the things that is funny that I remember as we first got married is how rough it was. Our first year was so rough, y'all. Uh, we did it not was, know really what we were doing. Not, not and good. so we had this uh, picture, you know, we had painted of what we wanted marriage to look like. We just didn't know how to get there to build it. And so we had to learn Everything. everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. And so it's easy to sit into a sermon and learn some concepts, but it's applying it that is the difficult part. And listen, can I just say that? That, that is the key to church. Mm -hmm. Listen, we would hate for you to come to church for 25 years and know a lot, but apply very little. Mm -hmm. yeah. It is only what you apply that will really change your life. And so for all of you who are younger, who are growing and have a vision for marriage and what you want that to look yeah. like... We don't want you to just know good concepts. We want you, come on, listen, to apply them. You know, I remember Katie, what baby said a lot. She would tell me stories, and, and she was so confident when we had kids. She was like, oh, I know how to do this because I babysit a lot. And then all of a sudden, it got real. <laughs> you know it was like, oh, you mean we, we, oh, we have to stay when they're crying. You know what I mean? And so there are some concepts that we want to make sure are applied. So that first year, even our whole marriage, I would probably describe it as painful and beautiful. Okay, so I would call it painful. And that, <laughs> the reason why is because, you know, that first year we even had conflict over towels. How to fold towels. Okay, okay, so listen. Uh, I, I just need to, okay. Um, our first year of marriage, like Katie was killing the laundry game. And, and let me just tell you, for all of you newlyweds, uh, it, it is a little funny because I got cakes. I got cooks. I mean, I'm, we were cooking. We were baking every night the first year, and then it changed. Um, uh, and, 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 and what's funny is um, as responsibilities grow, you know, uh, we talked about this last week. Sometimes it moves from us to fuss to must the bus you know like we're in the bus stage and so we're taking our kids everywhere and um you know you have to learn to readjust if you're going to continue marriage and continue it rolling so anyway we're folding towels in our bedroom and um we both grab a towel at the same time and it got real i started folding my towel she started folding her towel and my mom taught me the threefold method my mom, uh, her mom taught her the twofold method. So I look at her and I'm like, hey, what is that? <laughs> and she's like, oh, this is how we, we fold towels. And I was like, well, my mama. <laughs> and obviously my mom was right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? And, and so she's, I'm, she is like, you know, it doesn't matter how we fold the towels. And I'm like. Because the first year of marriage, like, you're trying to figure out everything that's a trigger. Like, well, if it doesn't matter about the towels, does it matter about money? You know what I mean? Like, and so, and so I'm like, it does matter. And she goes, well, who, who's going to see the towels in our bedroom? And I was like, I am. And then she goes, great, you can fold them. <laughs> oh, listen. I, I, 
um, I found out real quick that reality hit. And y'all, I needed some understanding, okay? And in marriage, I found out I needed a lot of flexibility. I just went into marriage thinking, I'll do my part, he'll do his part, we'll come together and do our part, and it will just work. But one of the things that I realized soon is that I actually cared about every single part, and um, <laughs> there was a little bit of control that I wanted of the situation. So I had no idea how much flexibility that I would need to be able to have this marriage. So I moved, you know, through our marriage, we've moved homes, we've left stable incomes, We've changed our lifestyle from, you know, one way, just normal nine to five to uh, traveling full time. We've, um, let's see, all my children have ex experienced really unexpected events. And um, my life has literally felt a little bit like a roller coaster since I got married. And if you know Stephen, he always has a new idea. And so... <laughs> I have had to have a lot of flexibility, and one of the things that I have in marriage counseling over years of pastoring and ministering to people, one of the things I hear a lot is, like, we've changed, or, like, this event happened and everything changed, and the thing is, is that is what we are walking into when we commit to marriage is the unknown, and we are committing to being flexible, and so um, flexibility is huge because I look over my life, and I believe I have everything I've ever wanted. You know, I may not have understood what I wanted when I was young, but I'm living out a life that I'm really glad I built, and that came through flexibility. Listen, flexibility. <laughs> having understanding and flexibility uh, really starts with your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, it's possible that, that it would be very hard for you to be married and you had never really had to submit to anything yeah. or anyone. Mm -hmm. That's why we start in a family so that we submit to mom and dad and then we mature and have a relationship with God and we begin to submit to God so that we follow him. Come on, does that make sense? And so for us, teachability and trust are huge. Yeah. As adults, we understand that understanding and flexibility isn't just a marriage thing. Look, it's, it's a life thing. The one thing that we had going for us is that we both knew we did not know how to do marriage. We didn't know how, and we had to learn a lot, and God had to heal a lot. And, and can I just say, if you're in five years of marriage or less, you don't know how to do it. Just start there. Because, because here's the deal. God, God does not want to have to show you that you need him. <laughs> and so just start with, we don't know how to do this. Yeah. We are very successful in other areas of life, but coming together, you're the one that brings everything together, so we want to learn from you how to become one. And I would even challenge that thought of, um, I think that, you know, every season of marriage, we have to restart and say, okay, now I don't know how to do this next season. And so that comes into the understanding and flexibility is needed all the time, because like he talked about the different seasons of marriage, uh, every season starts over, and oh, I've never done this season before. That's right, and that's so right. Start Starting at that point is huge. So married or not, the Holy Spirit's active work presence and work in our life is necessary, and it's imperative that we value that. Uh, whether you're called to be single or whether you desire to be married, the best thing that you can do to, to accept your job in this season 
is to learn how to be teachable and to learn how to trust. Listen, to unpack this, we see our mate as significant. You can only value your mate if you understand your value. So significance doesn't start with what you give someone else. Significance starts with what you've been given by God. That's right. Come on, does that make sense? And so a lot of marriages are running through a toxic cycle because they both need validation all the time when we know that validation and significance comes from the Lord. And so can I just tell you, listen, if you're not enough before you get married, you... You're going to put a lot of weight and a lot of strain on someone, and they're not going to be enough to fill that gap. Come on. Our significance comes from the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as the prophet to the nation. Before the foundations of the earth, God gave you, listen, significance. Now you have to believe it, and you have to value it. Okay? And because of our past and mistakes and hurts, oftentimes we devalue who we are. We right. devalue our mate. Don't minimize your part to play in your marriage. Good. Marriage thrives when both spouses accept and appreciate each other's value. Come on. It's easy to find the bad. Bottom line is, is that is usually screaming at us. Uh, but in others, we often maximize it because that's what the world teaches us to do. Good. I feel bad about myself, so let me maximize what I don't like about you and make sure you feel bad about yourself too. Um, so while the world teaches us this, we really have to actively reject that and allow God to redeem our thinking because everything follows how we think. Mm. Okay, so Philippians 4.8 talks and teaches us how to think. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever Good. is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. No, 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 listen, listen. It is a discipline to think about something that you feel differently about. Right, wow. yeah. We have a lot of people that are thinking on their feelings. But God did not ask us to think on our feelings. He asked us to yeah. think on these things. Right. So it is discipline. Come on, listen to what I'm saying. It is discipline for me to skip the chip bag. Come on. And go to the carrot. Because the chip bag feels so right. The saltiness. The, come on. The the cheese that you don't even know where it was invented. <laughs> but it does not get off your fingers. And you're like, mm, you know what I'm saying? Leftovers. Uh, I'm just saying like it is a discipline yeah. to go, I'm going to think what God tells me rather than listen what I feel in the moment. Yeah. Negativity is all around us. For us to stay one, we're going to have to think differently. We're going to have to speak differently, and we're going to have to act differently. And we're going to unpack that real quick. Think differently. Okay, so let's, let's begin to think differently. My mate helps. They don't hinder. My mate. Come on, we're all going to say helps. My mate helps. 
They don't hinder. Oh my God, they're so, oh my God, why won't they do that? Why don't they, they don't even answer their phone. Like, come on, my mate helps. Listen, they don't hinder. And, and, and we've got to make sure that we don't allow negativity to, right. to, to come in to our marriage. Listen to this. Thoughts are like birds that, that fly over our head. Yeah. And sometimes they just appear out of nowhere. Yeah. But it's our choice to dwell on negative thoughts or not. Yeah. And the, criticism is a huge indicator of divorce. And so that's something that we have to guard ourselves because what I believe Stephen thinks about me determines how close I let him get to me. Okay, stop, so, stop. Yeah. That was deep. That was deep. Okay, say, say that again. Okay, so what I believe Stephen thinks about me determines how close I allow him to get to me. And so in our culture, intimacy has become a huge buzzword. And I think that it's important for us to say intimacy starts with what we think about each other and what we think each other thinks about us. Come on. And we get to choose that. If I ask you to write a list of things that are positive about your spouse, a lot of times in my experience, I've found that people pause because they generally say, I can make a whole list about the negative things I think about my spouse. <laughs> And the things that I want to change. But the best way to start uh, to change our thinking is to begin to list the things that we believe are positive. And it just has to start with one thing. Listen, many times when we do uh, counseling or we, we do, we don't really do counseling. So if you come to us and say, hey, we want marriage counseling, I'm not a marriage counselor. I'm a coach. Okay. So there are other people that will do counseling. I'm just going to be like, here's what the Bible says. Let's do this. Let's run this play. Let's go over here and let's make these layups. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a coach. Okay. So in coaching, uh, it's funny how uh, couples will come together and they both want to start with problems. They both want to say why they're in this predicament. And they'll be like, well, I just want to sit down and I need to express these years of frustration that I have internalized. And now I am just fed up. And I, and I get it. But the first thing we're always going to make people do is get out a paper and a pen and write a list of things that you love. Because you cannot go forward unless you break the cycle of criticism. And so people want to fix problems, but they don't want to praise what's there. And you always will grow what you focus on. Stop. Y'all, listen, y'all better put your hands together for that because that was good. Listen. You know what? We can't speak differently until we think differently. So now that we know how to think differently, we can speak differently. Okay, so to, uh, to each other and about each other, to others. We can speak differently. Our culture is so consumed about their voice, my voice, your voice. And so it, that sounds good, except for the fact that as a Christian, we want to speak what the Father says. We want to know the Father's voice, and then we want to speak that. So with our marriages, what we say matters because everything that you say has an effect. Good. You know, what you say, your words, have a result afterwards. So the goal of marriage is not to say everything that we feel. It isn't to find my true voice. It is truly to seek the Lord and to say what he says. You know, when, when, my, when my son started learning how to bowl, we put up gutters. Okay? We put up gutters. And those gutters allowed the ball to get where it was supposed to be. If you don't put up margins right. in your speech mm -hmm. and you say everything that you feel, 
you're going to land in the gutter. Come on, does that make sense? And so we want to make sure that we are saying a portion, but we're not unfiltered in our marriage because nobody can handle that but God. The challenge in staying one is continuing to cheer loudly while also having courageous conversations. So it's both. It's both and. We get to be our mate's biggest cheerleader. Come on, that, that, that's good, that's good. Some of y'all didn't know that, so let me give you that thought, okay? That was where you clap. I'm going to do it one more time because they're sitting next to you probably. Um, you get to be your mate's biggest cheerleader. Listen, you're no longer two, but you're one. What good would it do to pull down or dig at your spouse because you're digging at you? Come on, those passive-aggressive, backhanded comments. Those moments of uncovering them in front of their friends. Those moments of, well, you know, he hasn't, she hasn't. Well, we got to go. We got laundry everywhere. You know what I mean? And she's like, yeah, a lot of towels. (laughs) Listen. Listen, we want to make sure that we we are the ones that get to brag and encourage and notice. Like those are the things that come from us. We express how proud we are of our spouse and their accomplishments. Don't be married for a long time and someone asks your husband or wife, what did they do? And you're like, I don't know. You ask them. Guess them. That's their job. Like you need, oh, let me tell you, oh, I was hoping someone would ask me what my husband or wife does. Let me tell you how proud I am. Sit down, it's going to be a while. They do this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this, and it may be that they just take out trash. But let me tell you, they're cleaning up the world. You know, it's like, you, you are championing that. We don't just love each other, we like each other. We don't just endure each other, we respect each other. We speak life. We speak differently. We speak in faith. Words of faith. Romans chapter 4 verse 17 says, And it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of God in whom he believes. Listen to this. Who gives life to the dead and calls into existence things that do not exist. Yeah. This verse shows us that God creates something out of nothing And we, our words have power, and we can speak into existence what isn't in our marriage. Come on. What what are we calling forth in our marriage? Because if we are calling forth problems, then we are creating more problems. Come on. And so even if we have problems, in the midst of them, we can speak our spouse's potential. Because we believe that what we speak can create something and speak to what is deep in the spirit and soul of our spouse. And we can see over time and with prayer, our spouse come into the things that they don't even know that they can come into because they have someone cheering them on, praying for them, and speaking those things into existence. Listen, 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 listen. No one wants to be in a relationship where the biggest part of the relationship is talking about their lack. Mm-hmm. Come on, let, can we just stay here for a moment? What relationship do you want to be in where you are constantly reminded that you are not enough? Yeah. 
And, and here's the thing. The reason we do that is because we don't have time. We're really busy. And we feel like if everybody did what their responsibility was, our life would be easier. But God called you to build it together. Build it together. And so it's not about lack. It's not about lack. Sure, we have to address some of that. But it's not about, that's not the anthem of our marriage. Go ahead. Well, and basically that partnering with prayer, speaking that which isn't that as though it was, one of the things that I've seen in helping marriages is that is one of the key factors that turns marriages around is this speaking into existence what they don't see. You know, when our marriages are not problem-focused, fear is removed, and we can really have courageous conversations because we're not talking about being blind. Good. We are just talking about the way we go forward. And so when fear is present, shame isn't far behind. We are not in the principal's office when we are with our spouse. Come on. Hey, listen. We are not in the principal's office. Okay, we're not coming to the warden. Right. Listen, we are, I'm falling apart here, y'all. Listen, <laughs> listen, we want to make sure that, sure, we're going to have to have a conversation. Sure, there are things that we did that hurt people's feelings. Sorry, sorry. You want me to take you, over? You better take okay. over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is this God telling me I talk too much? <laughs> So we aren't in the principal's office. We are with this person whom is the closest to us. No other relationship on earth will go as deep in conversation as your marriage. Man. Okay, so this is the deepest conversation you'll ever have. It's important to be honest with each other. We've got to be positive so that we can have an honest conversation and they can receive it and we can receive it and Good. we can know that we are wanting to change because we're for each other, not against each other. That's right. We care. The convers courageous conversation is not about you're frustrating me in my life. The conversation is, I want to stay together, and we both yeah. care about this, so we're making the investments to have this conversation yeah. so that there can be expectations and guidelines. Yeah. Okay? So for, for us, here's the deal. You will have conflict. Mm -hmm. and, and, and listen, you need to have conflict. Mm -hmm. When you don't have conflict, now, we're not talking about toxic. We're not talking about yelling and screaming and slamming doors and throwing plates, but we are talking about Conflict is what sh iron sharpening iron. Mm -hmm. yep. When people begin to tell me we've been married for 10 years and I don't know what happened. We didn't even have one fight. That's what happened. That's why. That's what happened because that means one of you was not needed and you kept stuffing it mm -hmm. until you got totally done. Right. And then you just let it go. And now instead of us unpacking one thing, we're unpacking 10 years of things. Mm -hmm. And there is no way to fix that. But other than the Lord. Come on, does that make sense? Go ahead. You know what? As we see our mate as significant, we got to think differently. We got to speak differently. And we have to act differently. That's good. That's good. When we talk about acting differently, oftentimes it is the people that we are the most familiar with that we tune out and we disregard. Is that true? Come on. So here's, the, here's how that looks. We have 10 things to do, and, and because we love them and, and they know our heart, we make them number 11. Come on, you know what I'm saying? 
and we get busy yeah. and we say, let me get all this done and I'll get back to you. Yeah. Listen, here's the thing. To think and say the right thing is awesome, but you've got to show it. Yeah. You've got to make that 11 number two. you got to, you know, God, you know what I'm saying? You've like, you got to bring that, that number back up because here's the thing. If you don't show it, it feels insincere. It does. Signals are going out all the time on if we are communicating care or not. And we must act like our spouse is significant, and we've got to know that feelings come after actions, not actions after feelings. And so we're not just doing something out of care and being kind to our spouse uh, because we feel like it. We're doing it because we know that if we don't, we won't feel like it. So let, let's pause. I'll send flowers when I feel like it. I'll play that song when I feel I'll buy chocolates or whatever when I feel like it. I'll, the only problem is you're so busy. Come on. Right. We've lost that love and feel. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, like, it's been a while <laughs> and it's gone. <laughs> Listen, so here's the deal. You don't just wait on feelings. You make the right actions and then the feelings come. That's right. You do the right thing. Come on, does it make sense? Right. And then the feelings, you, you go out and buy the chocolates, even though you're just like, I've got so much to do. We're on a budget. I can't afford 12 flowers. I'm buy one. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like whatever you can do, you do that, and all of a sudden, actions produce feelings. Right. And we just got to make sure that we don't get too comfortable with each other, that we allow relational laziness. And this is a real thing because, you know, I don't know if you've heard a friend be like, my wife is crazy or my husband is crazy. But the relational laziness leads to us acting up, acting out, and acting crazy. Come on. Okay, so we have to make sure that our um, work ethic is not better at, for our boss than it is for our spouse and our relationship. Good. Uh, when we're getting comfortable, we got to change our actions. We got to start making sure we're making eye contact when we're talking with each other. We got to make sure it's a real thing. It's a real. <laughs> we have to make sure that we answer each other's calls and respond to each other's texts because when we don't, it portrays a lack of care. And so we got to make sure that interruptions don't hinder our connection so because we're always in a multitasking role that we don't realize that this is a moment for connection and I've got to stop those interruptions. So young families, young parents, parents with kids under seven, here's my encouragement to you. Okay? Here's my encouragement to you. Yeah. You're going to have to find a way not to allow the kids to constantly interrupt you yeah. all the time. That's right. Okay? God blessed you with them, but God did not give them to you to, to divide you. He gave them to you to multiply you. So that means, listen, there's got to be times when we say, Mom and Dad are done with questions. Yeah. Because here, I don't know about you, but the kids wait for the last five minutes right before they go to bed and then they're going to tell you everything that you needed to know like five hours ago <laughs> hey mom I want to know and you're like whoa 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 hold up and we're, we're getting ready to you know move to the room we're getting ready to talk we're getting ready to connect and then we, we after all of that we're like stressed out <laughs> listen you come on you're going to have to say if you need an answer right now it's no yeah. if you come on 
If I have to give you an answer right now, it's no. We, we have a family group me, and if it's not in the group me, we're not doing it. Like, I, I want to take you wherever you need to go. Put it in the group me. You know what I'm saying? Come on. But if we're going to act like our mate is significant, we got to start showing care. So how do we do that practically? How can you do that today, tomorrow? We can make, when we leave a room, we can ask ourselves, how can we show care to our spouse? When we schedule our week, how can we prioritize and schedule in showing care to our spouse? You know, uh, I can show care by dropping off his favorite drink, which is a hot honey brevet medium. Okay, yours is... <laughs> Hers is way complicated. It's a large London fog with cinnamon tea with a shot of espresso, but it's not that sweet. Okay, so that spells care, y'all. <laughs> that spells work. <laughs> uh, listen, listen. The point is we want to think differently. Yes. We want to speak differently. Right. We want to act differently. That's right. Listen, listen. The date night, yes. don't allow it, that to be multitasking. Like you trying to have a romantic evening and checking your emails. Yeah. Put in your phone. There are times yeah. <laughs> we don't, we don't, bless you. Uh, we, the, we don't even take our phones. Like, yeah. like we, we'll be like, hey, kids, call Ginger, call Nanny uh, if there's an emergency. But if we take our phones, we will immediately be in boss mode, staff mode, pastor mode, whatever. And yeah. so we were like, you know what I mean? So. Just and it's important not to get in the car and say, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Because that means you, we didn't We're on plan. a date. We finally got here. What are we doing? Because generally, <laughs> we got to make sure that we plan it and that we put some effort forth towards it because it really does communicate care. And so for us, we even have a schedule, a calendar a of dates. So for like, we may not get a date every week, but we know that if we go on a date the first week of the month, it's this. We already know what it is. We've already planned it. The second one is this. The third one is this. The fourth one is this. And so we've already done that because we know that it takes a lot of effort to plan. So we go ahead and pre-plan and then just look at that and say, this is what we're doing. So one is like a, a meal. The next week is like an adventure. So it's walking or doing a hike or doing a whatever. The third week would be like a movie or some entertainment and so we, we we have five just ready to go and so we don't have to go oh my god let's plan forever we just go oh it's the fourth week we're going hiking we're going walking we're going to do adventure what do you want to do you know yeah. what i'm saying so we're rolling because basically uh, date night can end up in a fight easily when there wasn't care and plan and so we just learned that we have to plan way ahead of time so that we know exactly what we're doing listen listen as we in, finish today. Um, our goal for you was to try to put some things in you because if God told us to stay together, mm -hmm. then we are the ones. It does not happen just randomly. Yeah. And listen, there are so many great believers that feel like, listen, something is damaged in their faith. Because their relationship is not where they want it to be. And I would tell you that you can believe in God and have a marriage that's struggling because it takes work. It takes work. And so you've got to bring the significance game up. You've got to value them. Does that make sense? You've got to lean in and go, like, not only do I love you, but I respect you. I value you. And you are God's gift to me. 
I mean, every little girl dreams to fall in love and get married, and every man, I believe, has a desire to build a home with someone, to build a life with someone that he loves. And in Matthew 19, it talks about when the man and the woman would leave their family to start a family. And you might hear that and think, my family wasn't that great. I don't want to go build a family. But I believe that the Lord wants to redefine that definition of family and what he wants to build through your life because he takes us from glory to glory. And so what his intention for the family was. Like this is a deep thought. Yeah. This is a a deep thought. Okay. Mm -hmm. God is not using our families as the model he's using how he set up family so 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 listen to this god's establishment of family was significant was going to be found and developed in the family okay does that make sense and then it was going to be appreciated and valued in the marriage and then there was a reproduction and of that picture. That's how God set it up. Yeah. And so maybe you didn't have that upbringing. Maybe you didn't have that nurturing. We believe that the Holy Spirit can do that in the context of reading the Bible, connecting in life groups, being a part of a church community, that you can begin to start feeling the care and the nurturing that will begin to heal your heart. But here's the thing is... God created our life to move from glory to glory. We start in tricycles and we end in vehicles. We're not going backward. We're getting better. We're getting better. And so I just want to take a moment and then I want to pray for you. Our world is fighting for significance. And they're fighting for significance. Uh, Everybody wants to be seen, heard, esteemed, and understood. And can I just tell you that those cravings will kill a relationship. Because nobody can do all that. It will never be enough because what we're really needing is Jesus to fill the void in our heart. It's the void. Come on. And and that void can be filled by the Father's love. You know, um, you, you may not be married, but even with your friendships, like, like look, you've got to see the significance and the value of your relationships, what, what, no matter who they are. Um, there is one thing that your spouse cannot give you. They cannot give you purpose. They cannot. And if we're demanding that from them, they cannot give you value. They cannot give you value. They cannot give you significance. They can call out what God put in you, but they cannot give you that. And so I'm just telling you, it will never be enough. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.